Greetings, everyone. I'm Vicki Basilega, Director of the Clinical Specialists and Scientists section here at ASHP, and thank you for joining. I'm excited to share with you that today's episode is a curated feature from the exceptional program from the 2022 ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. Please enjoy the voices of your colleagues as they share the latest clinical information, best practices, and leadership advice at the world's largest gathering of pharmacists. Thank you, Craig, and uh, let's turn our attention to the pharmacist workforce. And um, we ask, uh, what is your perception about the availability of qualified staff for the following positions? And this is what uh, uh, folks uh, reported. And you can see that a period of time we saw a decline in uh, uh, the perceived shortage for a while, but now we're starting to see an uptick in that. And so we can see that the perceived shortages for uh, experienced pharmacists and leaders in management is uh, approaching uh, 60%. Uh, and what we've seen uh, during the past was an argument that we have too many colleges of pharmacy and we're producing too many pharmacists. As a former dean of a branch campus, I received a lot of criticism for the need to open up a branch campus because we didn't think we uh, needed more pharmacists. But you can see that even for entry-level pharmacists, we're starting to uh, uh, see uh, an increase in that uh, as well. So uh, in addition to our pharmacy technician workforce uh, across the board in different titles, we're starting to see a perceived uh, shortage of pharmacists. Now, we didn't ask the question of why, like we did with the technicians, so perhaps in our discussion after my presentation, we can talk about that. There's a variety of uh, potential issues, including pay, um, the uh, issue of are enough pharmacists going into residency programs to prepare them for these advanced roles. Um, what about workforce well-being, which will be the part of the last part of our discussion. So uh, you might want to think about your uh, perception of pharmacists' workforce shortages in your institution and maybe some of the reasons why. Um, and so we ask uh, also about um, how many inpatient uh, uh, pharmacist FT positions are you currently budgeted and how many are vacant? And the data here are reported on the basis of the percentage of uh, positions that are budgeted that are vacant. <clears throat> and in this we can see the data is the same as what uh, Craig presented, uh, but we see um, also uh, about 4% of the budgeted positions in the institutions that we surveyed uh, have a, a vacancy in the pharmacist. So the technician's about uh, four times higher than that. But so for both pharmacists and technicians, we're seeing a, uh, a uh, workforce shortages in, in, uh, the, in pharmacy. So we asked, uh, just as we did with the technicians, have you had inpatient pharmacy turnover uh, in the past 12 months, yes or no. So the column uh, on the left is uh, we've had turnover and on the right is we have not had turnover. So those would add up to 100%. And so we can see in this slide that about 62.4% uh, uh, well, have had turnover and about uh, a third have, have not. Uh, what's interesting here is that um, in some cases we see the size of the institution can make a difference. And we see that there was a lower turnover tendency in smaller hospitals, and the larger hospitals had substantial turnover. Almost all hospitals of uh, mid to larger size hospitals have had, um, had turnover virtually 100%. So it's interesting that in smaller hospitals, uh, the workforce seems to be a little bit, uh, bit more stable. <clears throat> 
one of the things we've been kind of interested in is you know, where are these folks going? And just like with the technicians, we ask where pharmacists were heading. And so uh, the majority of uh, uh, pharmacists leave their position to move into other health uh, system pharmacist positions uh, outside of the pharmacy department, which is interesting. Um, a lot of folks are retiring, and uh, notes were made in our survey during the narrative part that uh, many are taking early retirement, and so almost half of doing that. Uh, about 13% are going into the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, a, a, re a response that kind of surprises me is about 12% are going into community pharmacy, where we hear stress levels are quite high, so uh, perhaps pay, pay, uh, pay uh, salaries might be a, an issue in that. Uh, leaving the healthcare field entirely um, uh, is another, and so we've seen people going into health information technology positions like we're seeing in academia or uh, consulting firms or group uh, purchasing organizations. So if we cook, uh, compare uh, the pharmacy and the technician workforce statistics, uh, recalling what um, Dr. Peterson has presented, we have about uh, three-fourths of hospitals have had inpatient turnover, and again, this is uh, affected by the size of the institution with the smaller institutions having less turnover uh, and the larger uh, hospitals having substantial turnover uh, and uh, in, in technicians. And that's reflected well in the pharmacist positions as well, with 62.4% having uh, had inpatient uh, pharmacist turnover with smaller turnover rates in smaller hospitals and uh, significant turnover in the, in the larger size institutions. So one of the things you might think uh, might happen as a result of um, uh, having vacant positions and the financial positions of hospitals becoming increasingly challenged is that perhaps we might see a reduction in the number of budgeted FTEs. When I was in hospital uh, pharmacy administration, if we had a position vacant for uh, too long, uh, sometimes they took it away. Um, and so we see here that uh, two-thirds of hospitals, if you look at the bottom, experience no change in the budgeted FTE. Even though there's challenges in filling these positions, the number of positions that are budgeted has remained the same for both uh, technicians and pharmacists. And in fact, uh, a little bit over a fourth have actually increased the number of uh, budgeted FTEs. Uh, and uh, similarly for pharmacists as well. So a smaller number of hospitals have decreased the number of budgeted FTEs uh, as a result of unfillable positions or because of financial conditions in the hospital. For the most part, they're staying stable and in some cases actually increasing based on some of the additional responsibilities that pharmacists have the opportunity to, uh, to take. And we've heard about uh, COVID programs as, as perhaps one example of that. So for our um, practice reflection and discussion, uh, we'll ask you the same question and encourage you to step up to the microphone and share your experiences uh, based on the following questions. Uh, do any of the trends stand out to you as unexpected or unusual? Uh, do these trends align with your own experience at your organization? And finally, uh, has your organization increased or decreased pharmacist FTEs in the past year? So I will open the microphone for input from the, uh, the audience. Encourage you to step up and share your experiences, if any. 
Yes, Jim. Yeah, Phil, you know what we're seeing, I think, uh, particularly with the leadership positions, it's taking a whole lot longer to recruit those positions as well as them, you know, being, being open. It was, did you, could you just ask that again? I think what we're seeing, particularly oh. with the, the senior leadership positions, yeah. it's taken a whole lot longer to recruit oh, oh. those positions right now. Yeah. Jim, that's an interesting point. And, you know, I wish we could break down more granular in some of the data. So we're looking at the perceived shortages of some of these positions. We're looking at turnover, but we're not getting into the details of, you know, because I think some of those senior level positions, as you said, are difficult. It'd be really interesting to know the detail of where are those senior leaders going? Are they retiring? Are they leaving for other jobs? Um, but it, it, there, I actually made a mental note. Um, we went through a lot of strategies to maintain, uh, or I'm sorry, to recruit and retain technicians. Mental note for our team next year, I'd like to know which ones people think have worked. You know, we're kind of throwing the, everything at, at the, the wall. So there's a lot of detail that we really would love to get into, but I think that's, um, that's a really good point. Yes, next. Question? Um, kind of short. <laughs> Let me just start this well. Um, so my name is Amilda. I'm currently a resident at um, Novant Health in North Carolina. I originally come from Houston, Texas. Um, but for the first question, for me, it's very unusual. I think going to pharmacy school and being a new grad, we were always told that market is saturated. Um, and now seeing that there's so many positions open, that was like big a big change that I was not expecting, very unusual. Um, I think something that um, our, we are, we're experiencing the same at my organization and when I speak to my friends back home, uh, we, we talk about similar topics. Um, something that I think has probably made, kind of like made this a little bit more of a concern since we were in COVID, we had a lot of remote work and something I keep hearing a lot is like, how can we continue to have remote remote work and in the acute care setting um, to balance work-life balance, but then and encourage retention, which is something that we're, we're trying to figure out to see how can we um, still keep that element because it's something that a lot of people enjoyed and they want, they want to see it in the future. Um, something else that I, I, I keep hearing is that um, we need to like continue to develop our clinical programs. I, I heard this yesterday at the showcase too. Uh, we want to pharmacist our clinical pharmacists want to practice at the top of their license and they want to have a lot of autonomy um, and the way to do this is by enhancing our clinical protocols and our dosing regimens that we can manage per pharmacy um, but I thought it was very interesting to see this and see that something that's happening nationwide not just in small areas that I've been in my short career so far but <laughs> thank you for sharing the information thank you I would be interested in, um, since we did not ask it on the survey but we, for pharmacists, but we did for technicians or strategies that might be employed in order to uh, improve uh, the hiring and retaining of, of pharmacists. Uh, and uh, remote work is one example of, of one that might have the potential to uh, provide the flexibility for some people that don't have the ability, that have balanced work issues and working from home might, might be a, an option that would be uh, appealing to some some individuals. So any strategies for improving uh, the, uh, the, the appeal of retaining and hiring of, of pharmacists for your institution that you would like to share? Okay. Well, one of them 
White bee, oh yes, okay, good. So Todd Lemke again with CentraCare. I, I think for, for us, um, we've had no troubles hiring our MTM pharmacists because I, I think they're seeing that as you know being able to apply what they've learned in school. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that we should look at for all of our positions, whether it's in, in a retail setting, hospital, ambulatory, wherever it is, let's make sure that our pharmacists are practicing at the peak of their ability. And, and I think there's, there's those opportunities through collaborative practice agreements, both inpatient and outpatient. So I, I think that's one way to make things better. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening in today. Be sure to follow us at ASHP Official wherever you listen to podcasts and check back soon to hear more episodes from the 2022 ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. Until then, this is Vicki Basileka from ASHP Official and thank you for all you do for your patients.